Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Veterans Unite podcast. I'm your host, Chad Turner. And today we have got another one-on-one interview for you. It's been a been a few weeks since I've done one and uh, I'm trying to get back into them um, with all the craziness going, a lot, going on around the world and uh, especially here in the country right now with the elections and all. It's been uh, it's been something. So um, for today's show, we have got Sarah, uh, Sarah Boyd, and she is with a group called Operation Truth. And I will let you guys hear all about that straight from her. So let's bring her on. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, we had some some fun trying to get this thing started up. Um, StreamYard, as good as it is, does not um, work with everybody's equipment. And so we had to swap back to good old-fashioned Zoom for this one. And uh, so welcome. Thanks for being on the show. And basically, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Sarah Boyd, and I'm president and founder of Operation Truth. And I put together the charity for many reasons that we'll get into later. But I joined the military when I was 17 in the delayed entry program uh, based out of Washington State back in 1997. When I graduated high school in 98, I went to basic training in Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And at that point, I'd, I um, entered the military for the $40,000 college fund. And I was, I, jo- I chose the MOS as a fueler, a fuel system supply specialist. And my goal was just to do four years, get out and go on to live on a, a normal, unmilitary civilian life. But as many things do change, I've met a man in the military and we started a family and I decided to make military my career. So at that point I had nothing, I had no information about the vaccines or anything um, to do with the anthrax vaccine. But during that duration between 97 to 2002, they had what was called the AVID program, the anthrax vaccine immunization project. And at that point, it was mandatory for 100% of all service members to get the anthrax vaccine during peacetime. So I was in the military, you know, age of 18, um, decided to, you know, just do what was what I was told and received several vaccinations, as we all do in basic training, to be eligible and military ready. So like I said, I, I uh, met a mil- uh, another service member. And we became married and started a family. And I had two children while I was on um, active duty from the duration of 98 to 2008. So I was in the army for 10 years and I had changed my MOS on two different occasions. And I ended my career as a counterintelligence special agent. So um, in order to become a counterintelligence special agent, you have to be in service for so long. You have to have a certain um, rank and there's other parameters. So I decided to uh, go back to school to raise my GT score because it wasn't high enough. So I worked really hard to become this special agent, something that I never thought I could ever achieve. I wasn't the best student in school. I didn't work towards a goal to get a scholarship because I knew the army was gonna take care of me. So 
achieving this goal of becoming a counterintelligence special agent was something I never thought was achievable ever in my life. And it, it was something that I really wanted to do was to stay in the military, make it a career, do my 20 year term, get out as a chief warrant officer and then continue my career in, or um, maybe uh, join the CIA. And so I got stopped at the age of 28 when I became very ill and they sent me to Korea in 2007. And in order to go overseas, you have to get a series of vaccinations, the anthrax, smallpox, uh, yellow fever, all these different vaccinations are listed on the VA's public health website. But the ones that they list are for military readiness to go to war. And a lot of those same vaccinations that you receive to go to Korea, Japan, Thailand, are the same vaccinations that you get to go to war in Iraq or Afghanistan. So back in 2007, when I was about to go to Korea, they gave me these vaccinations. And in, within a 24 hour period, I received two anthrax vaccinations and a smallpox. So within two months of getting to my destination in Korea, I became very ill. I wasn't able to do my job as a counterintelligence special agent. They shipped me back to the stateside to become medically boarded. And after 10 years in service at the age of 28, I was determined unfit for duty and was put out of the military. Holy crap. So, I mean, what, if you don't mind me asking, what happened? What, um, what, what illness did um, happen to you? Excuse me. I have to drink a lot. <laughs> no problem. So the very first illness within the first 30 days of getting the anthrax vaccine and a number of other vaccinations during my basic training period back in 98, I started to notice extreme edema and swelling in my lower legs. And I remember this because my other service members had pointed it out to me. And at graduation and basic training, we had to wear our pumps and our skirts so you can see our legs. And they're looking at my legs and saying, you have no ankle definition, what is wrong? So at that point, I just blew it off, pushed through it and through my whole military service, I had different things going wrong. I was diagnosed with Raynaud's phenomenon, which is uh, a medical condition uh, where the capillaries in your cardiovascular system are hyperactive. And so you have high um, hypersensitivity to heat and cold. So while I was in the service, I was able to wear whatever cold weather gear I wanted to. So I kind of played with that a bit. My leadership didn't like that very much when I wore pink gloves and <laughs> goofy hats. But regardless, it was something that I was able to do due to these different medical conditions. And I had a really difficult time. I was on permanent profiles for running. Uh, like I said, I had to work really hard to get where I, I was in the military as a result of these medical conditions. And fast forward to where I am now at the age of 40, and I have medical conditions that affect every single body system from neurological conditions that cause tremors throughout the body. Um, I have videos throughout my social media sources that show facial tremors. Um, I have lymphedema in both of my, throughout my body, but you can see it in the majority of my lower legs. Um, just 
all types of different medical conditions, like I said, that affect every single body system as a result of whatever occurred due to these, this vaccine injury. Wow. And so what was the military's position on it? Just, eh, well, sucks to be you. You're out. Was that basically how they treated it? That's basically it. I went through the medical board process at um, Fort Lewis, Washington. It's one of the very first ones that they put together. And it was a very rushed process. Um, they were very thorough in making sure that you had all your documentation in your file. But what they didn't have time for was allowing the specialists to diagnose. And for my case, I had a lot of abdominal pain. Now, when you're dealing with the, the abdominal area, it's difficult to pinpoint, especially with women, what's going on. I had several CT scans, MRIs. When I was in Korea, I had to go outside of the military hospital and be seen at a civilian hospital. No one spoke English. I had to have a tutor and I had to get a CT scan at this Korean hospital. It was a wow. bit challenging <laughs> being at a place where no one spoke your language and right. hoping that the translator you know, could translate effectively. But as um, even going through that CT scan, the military didn't even acknowledge what the results were. They did their own CT scan and MRIs and they found nothing. Oh, wow. But for when it comes to my condition, which is endometriosis, the only way to definitively diagnose endometriosis is through surgery, what is called laparoscopic diagnostic surgery, which I've had twice now through mm -hmm. the VA and the military to diagnose endometriosis. And so this diagnosis was diagnosed after I was already med boarded out of the military which unbeknownst to me at the time of going through this process made it very difficult for me to get the correct percentage through the VA. Mm -hmm. And it messed up my, my um, uh, chapter because I was, uh, what's that called? Instead of retired, I was medically chaptered when I should have been retired. And I lost out on all of those benefits of being retired. Oh, wow. And is there any way to kind of challenge their decision and uh, argue your case to try to get the separation? Um, uh, geez, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the separation rating changed? You can through the military, there's different boards that you could go through to try to successfully change that rating, but it's extremely difficult and I have yet to achieve it. I have hired two lawyers now that are very you know, um, good at what they do and they both have failed. Oh wow! Uh, I tried to attempt it through the vet centers and they failed as well. So I pretty much gave up, given up at this point because my lawyers wanted an additional $10,000 to um, put in for another extension or whatever mm -hmm. lawyer language they needed to do to achieve this. Wow. So I've kind of put it on the back burner for now. But as far as the VA is concerned, I started uh, as being medically discharged from the military and found unfit for duty. I started at a 
I think it was a 60% rating. Mm -hmm. I went from that 60% rating in 2008 to now 90% unemployability, which I get 100% of all the benefits and I'm totally and permanently disabled, um, but I'm only 90% rated. And it's only for two medical conditions, for Raynaud's phenomenon and endometriosis. So I'm not even rated for any of the major medical conditions that this vaccine injury has caused, but I still get seen medically because I'm service connected and I'm totally impermanent. So it's not going to change. Right. Wow. So how does your foundation or um, uh, charity Operation Truth, what, what do you do with that? What we do is we bring awareness to the exposures of the Gulf War era. Like Vietnam and Agent Orange, there's been many different exposures of our era from 1990 to present, from our environmental exposures of depleted uranium or burn pits to the exposures here in stateside from the water contaminations to the exposures of the vaccines themselves. The VA public health website actually lists, as I stated earlier, vaccinations that they give that are given for military readiness. And they've listed those as possible exposures for Gulf War illness or Gulf War syndrome or chronic multicenter illness, whatever they want to categorize it as. And so what they're not doing is taking care of those individuals that did not deploy, like myself. Oh, wow. And so is that where... Um... Essentially, how how is Operation Truth trying to help uh, fight this? Well, the only way that we can get the VA to do anything is through congressional mandate. And so in order to get the same presumptive illnesses that they have determined for Gulf War illness or Gulf War syndrome for those that went to the first Gulf War, where they conducted multiple research and found these different illnesses that they call presumptive illnesses that cause or that have been caused by these types of different exposures that I listed. And so in order to find out what these presumptive illnesses are for the vaccine injury portion of the exposures, we need to get a congressional mandate to have the VA conduct that same research. That research that they were supposed to be conducting have been telling the public that they've been doing with this funding that they have not been doing since 1990. But what they are doing, the VA, is collecting data on those individuals like myself that didn't deploy. So what, like myself that didn't go to Iraq or Afghanistan, but still have all the chronic multi-symptom illness um, symptoms, they put me into a category and they had me go to the same Gulf War registry exam where they ask you all these questions, where you lived before you went in the military, what you did in the military, where you were in the military, and then they determine from there where you're gonna go. And since I didn't deploy, they said, um, I could still be part of their war-related illness and injury support centers research, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but I couldn't be part of any of the other research that was funded for chronic fatigue or you know, all the different categories. And so what we're trying to achieve with Operation Truth through this congressional mandate is getting that specific research, not just for the presumptive illnesses, 
but so that we can know what's wrong with us and we can understand why. And once we understand the why, then we can understand the how to treat it and the proper therapies to treat it and the proper diagnoses. Wow. So what, um, what, what do you need to make this project, this um, goal of yours more attainable? Is it you're needing funding, just people to pay attention and congrat, uh, con- excuse me, connect with their congressmen? Um, uh, what, what, what can people do to help? Well, all of the above is what we need. We need volunteers to assist in their local community to get out the word, not just in the veteran community, but in the civilian community as well, that vaccines do injure. Mm-hmm. Just like cancer, it is a medical condition. And we didn't know what cancer was until we did the research. We didn't know that cannabis could heal until we did the research. So bringing that awareness to your local community, um, speaking to your congressional servicemen and women, uh, whoever those might be that get voted in, uh, making sure that they are aware that this is going on. And once we get sponsored for this bill, we'll have a number, a title. That'll be a lot more easier to push this uh, mission and until then it's going to be a little bit more challenging but right now the main mission is to bring that awareness because there's a lot of negativity out there behind vaccines and uh, people with the anti-vaccine movement are out there kind of doing an injustice to individuals like myself who are just trying to be seen as patients and that we want to be seen as individuals and, and have individualized healthcare. And it's important to bring that awareness out there so that the more people that know, the more people can have their their own say for their individualized healthcare. Gotcha. And do you have any particular fundraising events that you do to help um, keep Operation Truth running? Well, with COVID-19 restrictions, it's been a little bit more challenging, but uh, we're putting together our merchant advice page on our website at Mm operationtruth.net, and that'll be up running shortly and be able to um, help us through um, that. We also have memberships that you can uh, become a member and we'll send you a gift and a newsletter to keep you updated on our progress. And uh, uh, we're putting together a great therapy program that's out of Maine. It's a bit costly, so it's gonna take some funds and some grants to get these veterans there, but we're hoping to get 20 individuals like myself who haven't had um, uh, the ability to get therapy through the VA for different reasons. For myself, it's a lot of allergens um, to medications, and so I've had to use cannabis therapy and as we all know, the VA is a federal installation. So even talking about it um, is difficult, let alone actually having that needed conversation of this is therapeutic and this is why. Um, so with uh, that being said, uh, I lost track of what I was saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there are many gifts that the vaccine injury has done to the brain. Gotcha. So um, now, 
Well, going the the cannabis route, are you talking about just the full on like marijuana, or are you talking about just the CBD? Well, uh, cannabis therapy is very uh, therapeutic in what we call uh, the full spectrum, where you have both the CBD and THC together. Okay. For myself, I use it separately just because it's more convenient and it's more tailored to what my medical conditions are like. Um, but if you if you if you smoke the flower and that is a full spectrum, whether it's a strain of either indica or a sativa or a hybrid of both, it's gonna be determined on uh, what medical conditions you have and what best works for you. I know for myself, because of my neurological conditions, a lot of THC can, um, can cause more tremors and cause other issues. So I make sure that I balance that out with a good CBD and I get that in the form of a high concentrated capsule that I make with uh, RSO oil. Mm -hmm. I have a local grower for me. So it's a great way to be able to tailor your therapy to what your medical conditions are and what your symptoms are for the day. Wow. Okay. Um, in, in the perfect world, if you were to say, hey, I need something to get this uh, to, to get Operation Truth um, exactly where I need it to be. What is that thing that you need? A sponsor for our congressional bill. Yeah. That's our major mission and goal is to get that congressional bill um, passed and, and get VA mandated to do what we need to do. That's it's the only way that we're going to be able to achieve what we need to get is those presumptive illnesses through research. Now, for someone like myself that does not know exactly what you mean by a sponsor, um, what do you mean by you need a sponsor? Right? What, what does that person do? Yes, I, I forgive me. What I mean by a sponsor is that for a congressional bill, in, or, in order for it to be presented to the Senate or the House, mm -hmm. it has to have a sponsor of that House or Senate. Ah, gotcha. So meaning we have to either get one of the senators or one of the House of Representative uh, members to actually sponsor that bill and then get others on board to present that bill and move it forward. Gotcha. Okay. Very good. Well, hopefully somebody out there will hear this message and maybe spread the word and put it in front of the right people. Um, cause yeah, I mean that it's been known for a long time that vaccines really jack us up, but the fact that, you know, it, you're having so much uh, issues with it and trying to get Congress to just admit to it, basically, even though the general public have known it for, for a very long time, it is just, um, to me, it's kind of mind blowing. I didn't realize it was such a, such an issue to, to get that out there. Cause like I said, I mean, especially with, you know, you've got the whole anti-vaxxer movement and like you said, you know, it kind of hurts what you're trying to do, but they're there for a reason because they know that there's stuff that's not right in these vaccines and they, they're not natural chemicals that are supposed to be uh, put into our bodies so of course some people are going to have you know adverse reactions to it 
um, back in 2014, we did a, a family vacation, if you will, to um, Arizona. And we met a guy while we were there that him and his wife, they loved the area that uh, we were in. But shortly after being there, his wife got the flu vaccine and died from it. And so he just said, you know what? Screw it. We, li we like the area. This is what we, we wanted, always wanted to do. So he just stayed there and made a, made a living for himself there. But yeah, I mean, you've got everything from, you know, kids, you know, there's, there's still the whole thing about kids getting, um, um, God, I'm drawing a total blank right now. Um, <laughs> uh, autism from different vaccines. You got people that die from vaccines. You get people such as yourself that get, you know, a, a handful of conditions from the vaccines. And, you know, these are, these are lifelong issues that you have to deal with. So it's crazy that, that um, it's that difficult for you to get the support that you're needing. But um, so just to make sure we get all this out there, uh, what social media links do you want people to know about? All right, great, thank you. I just wanted to piggyback a bit on what you said there. And mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Our missions are the same as anti-vax and, and ours is that we just want people to understand that we're patients too, that these are true medical conditions and the research is needed to determine why that happened, why these are occurring, why did it occur to myself and not my ex-husband who served at this, the same areas with the exception of going to Iraq and Afghanistan. He actually went to war and he doesn't have the same medical issues that I have. So is it a genetic, genetic marker that if we determined to be this issue that others might be able to say, oh yeah, if I have this genetic marker, then I potentially should not get this vaccine. I mean, we need to have this conversation. We need to do this research and we need individualized healthcare. And I believe that our missions are on that same line. So to get there for us, uh, if you would like to join our team or just learn more about us, our website at operationtruth.net is a great resource. Uh, our Instagram, Facebook accounts, uh, you can Google us at Operation Truth and it will come up and you'll be able to find us at either one of those routes. Awesome. Well, I will definitely make sure I get all this posted up into the show notes for the episode. And once I'm able to get this video edited and everything, I'll, um, I'll get that put up into all of my social media links. So hopefully we can share the message out as far and wide as we need to. And, and hopefully someone will pick it up and help you out. Um, there's one question that I didn't tell you I would ask you, but I'm going to kind of surprise you with it. And it's a question I ask everybody on, on the solo show. And that is, is there a question I haven't asked you, but should have? Not that I can think of. Okay. Is there any final parting words that you want to put out there? Uh, I just like to say that uh, we are all in this together, our veteran community, um, they like to divide us due to funding and other reasons. And what we need to do is just stand together and united, we can make a change and see positive uh, results for all of us. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's, there's tons of uh, different hashtags out there, 
but you know, the one that I personally like is together. We are stronger and absolutely, you know, let's just come together, stand together and uh, try to try to fight the battles and make, make the place better. Well, make the place a better place for us all. So, all right. Well, Sarah, I appreciate having you on. And like I said, as soon as I can get this up, I will get it shared out everywhere. Folks, if you're watching the video, don't forget to go check out um, Operation Truth on Facebook, Instagram, and anywhere else you can find it. Go to their website, check out operationtruth.net and um, help, help spread the message. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, then by all, all means, you know, like it, share it. If you got any kind of uh, information out of this, you know, help, help Sarah out. You know, if you happen to have that connection with a congressional uh, individual, be it the Senate or the house, please help her to get that sponsorship thing going. And for everybody else, if you can spare a few bucks, you know, definitely see what you can do to help, help support the cause. And outside of that, we will see you guys next time. Thank you.